Welcome to Black Talk Series Podcast. We are excited to have a table and a platform for our black people. We will discuss everything from dealing with the shutdown, art, poetry, schools, relationship, work, family members, future tech, sports, mental, physical, social health, and more. Stay tuned as we talk with everyday people, artists, community members, activists, organizers, educators, politicians, essential workers, and others. A big, 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 big shout out to Avala Production, The Beat, Emoja Tumaini, and Young Leaders, where they do more than just talk. They connect you to the plug. Black Talk Series Podcast. Stay connected. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We have an amazing special guest here today. This guy, his leadership was phenomenal, historical here at San Bernardino Valley College in California, for those who are listening everywhere. Um, His leadership was phenomenal. He trained and got a lot of folks up and running and started a lot of movements on campus. And, uh, you know, uh, his leadership is missed, obviously, and... uh, you know, he was part of the Emoja Tumaini. I linked up with this young brother, what, three, four years ago? I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe a while three, ago. Two. About three, right? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it was before COVID because, you know, we're doing two years of COVID now. Yeah, wow. So, okay. yeah, so it was a minute. And uh, I was always impressed, you know, when there was tension and issues. His his ability to to deal with tension and conflict and bring people together. I mean, it was the definition of community and you're talking about Emoja is running through his blood. So without no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, shout out to Frederick Jones and thank you for being here today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you everybody for having me. It's a pleasure. And thank you so much, Alex, for all that you do and continue to do uh, for the students and for our community. Nah, much appreciated. And, uh, you know, uh, we can never forget you. So that's why we got to keep bringing you back. Um, <laughs> and he's the reason we actually launched. He's one of the, I would say, definitely one of the founders of having uh, a platform for black students and faculty to have a voice to share um, their issues. And, it, you know, it was actually um, Frederick's idea actually three, four years ago. And uh, just to be honest with you, now we try to get it um last time but because of legalities and all the uh loopholes we couldn't uh, publish a lot of the rich content but we're looking to um we publish those and get yeah to be continued yeah 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 but you know we're in a different era now right you know we have this covid uh has that has changed the world and changed our communities um i mean golly so uh, i guess the first question is how you what's up with the vaccine did you get it I did get it. I got the vaccine. I'm double vaccinated. Um, I did not want to get it. <laughs> that was something I drug my feet with because I don't really like a lot of things like like prescribed. Like I usually don't even take medications. Like I'll get sick like once in a while and then I'm like, oh, it's okay. It'll go away. So vaccinations were uh, something else. I was just like, no, I don't necessarily agree with. And also because um, you know, as we already know, uh, you know, historically, we've had an issue with the government saying, oh, let's try this. And we've been guinea pigs as far as the African-American community. So my thing was, OK, let me sit back and see what's happening, because, OK, you guys say, you know, it's not mandatory, but watch it become mandatory. So then it became mandatory. So then me being a student <laughs> at Cal State, um, so I can say the, the school I go to, right? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so 
me being a student at uh, Cal State San Bernardino uh, during that time, um, that it was now it's now mandatory. So if you are not vaccinated, you can be dropped from your classes. So the hype behind it and the hysteria, I was just like, no, I, I don't want to be, you know, involved in, in a, anything like that. And then my sister works in emergency room. So she ended up, her and her husband ended up catching COVID. And I think that's when it kind of prompted me to, to get vaccinated. So it was your sister's, that's what, that's what motivated you, huh? Mm -hmm. And so when you said they um, caught COVID, can you describe some of the things they were going through? Or Yeah, so she, like I said, she's, a, um, um, she's the head charge nurse in the uh, emergency room uh, in Nevada. So um, she would work with COVID patients and then she noticed she would come home she would shower and change, take her clothes off. They did all the precautions that they could. Um, she would change in the garage from her work clothes and then go upstairs, shower, leave her work clothes down. And they had a whole process. But still, unfortunately, um, you know, no matter how safe we can be, even with masks and everything, you know, you, you can't be as safe as you would think. So she lost her uh, sense of taste, uh, smell. And then her body, she said, just was drained. She could not do anything. And her husband, um, she's, from what she described, was worse off. He had chills. He had, um, he couldn't breathe a lot of the times. So they, they were both on bed rest and they have four kids. So the kids were basically running the house as they were quarantined with each other in the room. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is scary stuff, man. That's very scary stuff. And so for you, that kind of traumatized you in a sense. Am I right? Mm, I wouldn't say traumatized, but it made me really think deeper into it. Because keeping in mind, I do a lot of work with, with students, the NAACP, the just doing different things within outreach. And though I may not have fully been invested in it in the in the uh, vaccine, vaccine, I also didn't want that weight of what if I were to give it to someone? What if I were to do something that would trigger it for someone else? So let me be on the safe side and do this proactively. Um, and so I, I went ahead and did it. Um, I didn't experience a lot of the symptoms like other people got, like my spouse got there. And um, my spouse, let's see got sick <laughs> basically like just did not feel well just could not eat could not do anything whereas I got mine and was like okay I'm going to the gym next or I'm going to so it, people <laughs> reacted different and I right right didn't feel anything so you what you think you say you wound up catching it too no no I didn't catch it no I okay I got the vaccination and then you got the vaccination and was fine so we're both vaccinated but um the, a lot of my family was not either so I was the first one in my family to do so even my sister who is a nurse did not want to get it she still stood firm behind it and because she's she felt it still wasn't enough um you know research behind it so until it became mandatory for her to get it then she eventually got it, but she did not want to get it either. So I think that, you know, we have experts who are nurses, who are doctors, who are scientists or STEM. And if they already are saying they don't want to get it and they're holding back, what do you expect someone else who does not study science or, you know, the health field to, to think? 
So, you know, I mean, it's to each his own. I always am pro-choice when it comes to a lot of different things. So I don't knock anyone or judge anyone for not wanting to get it. But then I also watch your journey and what you, uh, you know, would explain to us on your Instagram about, you know, your experiences. So I, you know, took that into consideration as well. Oh, I didn't know you watched that. Oh, yeah. I was. <laughs> well, I, think, I think you gave me a shout. I think you did give me a text message or something I did. like that. I was, I was but I didn't know people. You, so I reached out and you uh, were telling me about the different the days, the different days that you were experiencing different things. And I was like, OK, he seems he looks like Alex, but he's not feeling like Alex right now. <laughs> but, uh, no, that was crazy. I think. Uh, so, I mean, I. I played football, mm-hmm. track, uh, I did boxing, yeah, I basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did, uh, you know, I did the, so growing up when you're in, the af- uh, in sports and you're an athlete mm-hmm. and you catch a flu, you know what your coach says, just sweat it out. Mm-hmm. Coach, so you don't, there's no stopping because you got a, a cold or a flu. You just keep moving. Yeah. And that's how you're trained in the East Coast. Um so I got this. I was like, man, let me get four sweaters, three pair of jeans, <laughs> and just go run. Like, I'm going to just sweat this thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to the end of the block and was about to pass out. And we're talking about uh, not even, I don't know, not even, a, it wasn't a lot of yards. And I was like, ooh, I've never felt, I was like, maybe I'm dehydrated. So I came home and I said, nah, I can't, this can't be that serious. And I went to jump rope. Um, cause anybody know, you know, jumping rope is like a full body workout. Right. And I think I might've jumped three times and then I was on the floor mm. and, um, I'm, I'm used to able to jump rope for like 15 minutes to a half hour nonstop. Like, I mean, literally with just music playing and just jumping nonstop, mm. um, no breaks. And I literally just probably jumped three or four times and I was on the floor. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. This is real. Right. And, then, and that goes to say, like you even said, you were very athletic. So it really, this thing does not really care. Like it's going to affect you different ways. Me, I was never athletic. I was 200 and some odd pounds just eating all day, watching Look, soap opera. He says that. He looks, what you look like, what, what you 170 now? 180? Uh, yeah, 160? Mm, let's see. I did eat this morning, but I was like <laughs> one seventy-five. But I had I went from two fifty-five. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it took some time. You don't that even was, look it. That's a whole nother podcast. But yeah, we gotta <laughs> definitely come to that back. Yeah, that's another. That's the next one. Right. But to get to your point about what's going on, you know, um, because I think where we're leading to is like the understanding and the the coverage of this is I feel like the hysteria behind it, I feel like it's hyped up through social media. And I feel like people hear bits of pieces, different places, and then they make up their own narrative and they make up their own story and then they just put it out there. And what the huge, what a, what a big challenge that I think a lot of us are facing, and as we faced uh, within Black Lives Matter movements and all of that, is that now people are using social media as as gold. Like that's just like that's where they're getting their resources. That is where oh, I read somewhere, I did this, and I'm just like, mm, but did you really research that? Does it really make sense to you? Or are you just jumping on bandwagons? 
That's a good point. Uh, I was talking to my, uh, I guess my, she's like my niece, but she's my cousin. Mm-hmm. I call her my niece. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, maybe Saturday, and she's talking. Uh, she was talking to me about the COVID thing, and I'm like, she's nine, right? Mm-hmm. What do you know about COVID? <laughs> and she was talking about what she saw on TikTok. And when t- I was like, you watch a lot of TikTok. That is not a fact. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that is not trackable. That's not, you know, mm-hmm. you can't, that's not trackable. You know, that's just people making up stuff and, and clickbait and for clout. Mm-hmm. And they're not about education. They're about clicks. Um, right. And so that, you know, you bring up a good point. You know, a lot of information out there is not legitimate information. Mm-hmm. And it's, and, and does more to distract and hurt than it does to empower and educate. Um, so and confuse too and divide. So, yeah. And, a good and point. I think that it's the, the biggest thing in, in what you said just right now is the. The the biggest excuse and the and it's for me the education part is the biggest part because to me you have to be educated before you speak about anything. You can have opinions, but you do not try to pass them off as fact and or use resources that you do not have or but saying I saw it on Facebook or I saw it anywhere else. Because anyone can really, you know, put those out there, but it but if you really have the data, like for example, we did we had a meeting, um, as, as I stated earlier, I'm an active member within the uh, local branch of the NAACP. And so we have, we worked with um, Dominic Zarecki, uh, who is the analyst that's doing the analyst for um, the students, namely African-American students uh, within the Inland Empire, San Bernardino uh, County. And it's astonishing how many of them are not really focused on education or wanting to find out deeper things. I, he sent me he sent me the numbers, and I don't know if you wanted me to share some of that. Um, Let's go. Let's go. Later time, but we do. Let me pull it up for you because we have it to where students. Whenever I do outreach, a lot of students are not coming over. A lot of students do not want to talk, and I come out there. I have my locks, and I'm ready. Like you know, come home. You see me out here. But none of the students usually come over as African-American students. And it's, it's, it's sad because they're not ready. We have like the suspicion, the suspension rates. So you're being suspended from school from uh, as far as like girls. We have 6.1% of the African-American students are uh, girls are the ones that are getting suspended right now versus um, the others we have. The uh, American Indians are next. Uh, they're at 5%, and it goes down from there. We're the highest level when it comes to certain things like that, like expulsion. We are at uh, 26%. We are at 12% when it comes, and that's specifically for girls being ex- uh, ex- exposed, exposed from, um, you know, fighting yeah, or things I like that you. from school as far as uh, high schools. Uh, suspensions are for boys are at uh, 11.8%, and that's for uh, the African-American young men. And so with that, they, are, they spend more time out of school than in school. And so when you get the one or two dripping in, a lot of them don't, are, it, it doesn't seem like they're interested in that because, and I also fought social media for that too, because it's not giving enough narrative that we as black people, as uh, black um, students, as black men, 
are can be educated, can be educated, happy, and still stand in in the ground and the skin that we're in. And it's it's sad. I remember going out to a, a local school as well, doing table and it was high school, and I was doing everything to wave the students down. The the one or two that would drip in, none of them were interested in coming to find out about going to college. One of them eventually did come over, and he. I gave him my whole spiel, just let him know what we do, what we can do for him, resources, and he said he just doesn't, he, he, the way he put it was that is not his jam or something like that, and I guess that means just not what he wants to do. He, he has a, he said he has a different hustle that he has a plan on, and it's not education. That's a tragedy. So we are definitely so they are the younger generation seem to be, and this is more broad speaking, it just seems that a lot of people are using social media as a way for their education. Like they don't need anything else. You know, that is a scary uh yeah, that is something scary that I would definitely uh yeah, you're right. Um, you know, yeah. I'm I'm just if social media is gonna educate us it's going to destroy us. Yeah. I mean, there are moments where social media are important historically. So, mm-hmm. um, help lead movements and provide voices mm-hmm. like for, you know, the women's movement, the black lives matters movement, the environmental justice movement. Um, you know, uh, you know, there've been some key, you know, George Floyd, I mean, mm-hmm. the biggest protest in the right. history of the planet. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the planet, it was the biggest protest well, in the history of the planet. If you use it as the tool to which it was for, right. which is the networking aspect, but it has never right. been made for you to to receive news from the homies or from right, someone right. who <laughs> may have an agenda um, that they're pushing. Because now you are missing out on the facts. You're missing out on the information. So many people were scared of COVID. And the actual vaccination, they were more scared of the vaccination than it was about catching COVID because the COVID party, right. the big parties were still happening. You know, they never <laughs> call them. <laughs> you said COVID parties. Um, that I was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the dip. But I'm, I'm laughing because I'm laughing uh, we went to a place, uh, my wife and I, uh, for my, I think my nephew's uh, birthday. And we went to the lodge. Shout out to the lodge. The, 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 I think it's called Great Lake Lodge, and it's an indoor pool that's like a park mm. indoors, um, and slides everything. And you, I mean, there must be thousands of people in this facility mm. indoors. By the that? way, uh, this is Anaheim. Oh, you're talking about what is that? Elks Lodge or something like that? The yeah, the lodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know yeah. The about. Wolf Lodge. I think it's called Wolf yeah, Lodge or something um, like that. Yeah, some lodge. I know what you're talking about. I've been there once. It's time. huge. Yeah. That's so, yeah, huge. you know. It's, <laughs> man, you already know. So, that's the, you know, for the folks who may not know, think of a big water park, mm-hmm. the biggest water park you could think of in, indoors, underneath a hotel. Right. Uh, and in this hotel, when you go, it's beautiful. I mean, and it's unnatural. It looks, it looks crazy. 
uh, because it's like you can't believe you're indoors yeah. with all these elements. Um, and it's like but we're talking about three months. Wooden, like, like it was all kind of like almost like you're in the yeah. forest, maybe. Like yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes, yes. Yep, uh huh. It is like that. It gives you like you're in the forest, a cabin type of vibe, and there's magic in the building, and there's a bowling alley, there's a pizza spot, there's a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's, there's it's unnatural, like right? Great Wolf Lodge or something like that. You might be right. It might be called the Great Wolf Lodge. Okay. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and this is three months ago, right? Mm-hmm. And we're out there. And of course, no mask because you, you wear water. Why would you wear a mask around water? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't say nothing. I have fun. We play with the kids, da, 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 da. And then I think me and my wife was going somewhere and she wanted to put put a mask on. She's vaccinated. My family, everybody's vaccinated. And she wanted to put a mask on um, even when it wasn't required. And I was like, why are you going to wear your mask now? She's like, what you mean? I said, we was at the COVID festival just a few weeks. <laughs> 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 you know, that Wolf Lodge was co- it, it was definitely there, you mm-hmm. know, like... Uh, and uh, she just didn't, you know, people didn't think about it. I was like, but I didn't trip because I know that we were protected, you know, um, meaning that uh, we don't go out much in public. And if we do, it may be once a week or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we are feeling like we're exposed, we'll stay home for about a week or so. So, you know, we definitely play a responsible because she's a nurse practitioner um, and I'm a professor and I also consult with nonprofits. And so we have to be careful about where we are at and you know how we expose so um but anyway i bring that up because i think there's a lot of contradictions of you know when to do this and when to do that and i like the idea of just getting the vaccine because you don't have to overthink right right because the last thing you want to do is give it to somebody you love Mm -hmm. and then you know you know you know god forbid right so so when you talk about education Mm -hmm. i did read a lot and you're right i I feel like you know with this covid thing we've seen numbers Mm -hmm. Um, as far as black students decline um, in all, every oh, cat, yeah. every school, am I right? Every school right now is experiencing that that hurt. I, um, I've had like, multiple meetings um, within the JCs to the universities. They're sending people from other universities out of state out here to try to recruit students because everyone is feeling that. Um, the intimidation that uh, people like students felt with trying to go to school online, I think was just too much. And a lot of students dropped out as soon as they found out that they would have to do things online. You know, even though we, even though students, younger generations spend most of their time online right now, them having to do education online, they, I believe a lot of them felt panicked behind that, but then also you have to take into account where certain people are as far as like their community. Some people can't afford internet to, you know, uh, do their schools uh, work and things such as that. Or some people learn better. You know, we all have different learning techniques. So I think that was one of the, the biggest things because even when it first hit and we were in the middle of a semester, people started dropping like flies. And they were originally okay with taking the, the early withdrawal penalty and being on uh, academic, um, was it academic? Probation. Yeah. Um, but, and then they finally had to accommodate it because so many people ended up taking that opportunity to say, okay, never mind. You know, I'll take it at a later time. And then that later time came and still uh, the majority of the students haven't returned. 
Ah, yeah, it's been a devastating thing, especially for the black and brown students, um, and male students at that. You did they they numbers like they almost oh, yeah. disappeared they, actually. They um, they're already low. Mm-hmm. They yeah. dropped, and, and it, was, it just, was. I think for a lot of them, and I may readers or your people, they can leave feedback if they like. <laughs> but from what I'm finding in my studies is that a lot of them are being encouraged. And not supported by, you know, family members to just drop out and work. Because, of course, keeping in mind where you are. So, in the communities, some families were being evicted. Some families were suffering, starving. And so, what's the way that you can stop that is try to work. So, a lot of people are being pushed right. to go to work versus wasting their time, quote unquote, in going to school. And so a lot of them, when I speak to them and they don't realize that they have a lot of different benefits, even just with being a student and resources on campus, um, a lot of them will say, oh, I didn't know that. Or I just felt like, you know, I had to do something to help my family. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's going to take years to unpack and and try to recover and stabilize this because this is definitely a a tragedy that is still being lived right now. We're in 2021 in the mm-hmm. fall and, you know, the numbers are still the numbers. And so, yeah, man, hopefully we can change that. So we're going to have to um, bring you back for uh, uh, another session here because, yeah. you know, you just dropped some gems and some dimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any words of encouragement or insight that you want to give uh, the audience? Yes, I do. Um, you know, I, and I, I speak this to everyone. You are more than the situation you are in right now. You may not think you can do it, but you can. Um, The only thing that is really going to hold you back is you and the fear of what you think may happen or that you will not succeed. But understand that each day that you wake up is another opportunity to get things right and keep pushing. Do it. Be Be your own cheerleader. If you don't have a support team around you, but just remember, you can go beyond what's outside. Beautiful. Well said. And that is Black Talk Series, ladies and gentlemen. And that is Frederick Jones. Um, how can they get a hold of you or connect with you if you want to give you information? Oh, yes. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can always uh, reach out to me at Frederick at Siembra Mobile uh, dot com. Uh, you can also uh, visit me at our uh, Valley Campus, San Bernardino Valley Campus, in our outreach department. My office is right there next to Guardian Scholars. Awesome. Again, an amazing leader, talent, and one of our gems out here in the IE. So thank you very much for being part of this podcast. My pleasure. Thank you all. My pleasure. Thank you all. Uh-huh.